You're listening to the Holy Bible One Year Challenge with master storyteller Michael Wood, featuring the easy-to-read version and used by permission from Bible Week International. Enjoy the show! Hello, everyone. Welcome to Day 173. We're continuing in the book of 1 Kings. We get to see the wealth of Solomon. He finished God's temple. He prayed to the Lord. He built his palace. But of course, Solomon has a thorn in his side. Women. Lots of women. You'll learn more about that in 1 Kings chapter 11. But it's enough to get God angry at Solomon. And that's never a good thing. We are also continuing in the book of Acts. And a discussion is being made at the headquarters. The topic of discussion is circumcision. You see, Paul and Barnabas went out and they reached out to all the non-Jews. Oh, there's one little thing with that. The non-Jews don't believe in circumcision. It's just not a thing that they do. So now that they're part of the club, should they now go get circumcised? I mean, circumcision is a thing usually done when a baby is in the first few weeks. They'll never remember the pain. But try asking an older guy or even an old guy to get circumcised to be part of the club. Is that something the church should be requiring? I mean, it was part of the law of Moses. Let's see what Paul and Barnabas have to say about this. If you enjoy the show, visit me at patreon.com forward slash storymaster. You'll find the link in the description box below. By contributing as little as $1 per month, you will enable me to continue this ministry. And you'll get cool rewards too. Together, we're going to get through the Bible in one year. Let's get started. 1 Kings chapter 9, verses 10-28 through 28. It took 20 years for King Solomon to build the Lord's temple and the king's palace. Haram supplied Solomon with all the cedar, pine, and gold that he wanted. So Solomon gave him 20 cities in Galilee. Haram traveled from Tyre to see the cities that Solomon had given him. But Haram was not pleased when he saw them. King Haram said, What are these towns that you have given me, my brother? So he named that land the land of Kabul, and that area is still called Kabul today. Haram had sent King Solomon more than 4,000 kilograms of gold. King Solomon forced slaves to work for him to build the Lord's temple and his palace. Then he used these slaves to build many other things. He built the Milo and the city wall around Jerusalem. Then he rebuilt the cities of Hazor, Megiddo, and Gezer. In the past, the king of Egypt had fought against the city of Gezer and burned it. He killed the Canaanites who lived there. When Solomon married Pharaoh's daughter, Pharaoh gave him that city as a wedding present. Solomon rebuilt Gezer and the city of Lower Beth Haran. He also built the cities of Balath and Tamar in the Judean desert. He also built cities where he could store grain, and he built places for his chariots and his horses. King Solomon built whatever he wanted in Jerusalem, Lebanon, and all the places he ruled. There were people left in the land who were not Israelites. There were Amorites, 
Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. These were descendants of the nations that the Israelites were not able to destroy completely. So Solomon forced them to work for him as slaves. They are still slaves today. Solomon did not force any Israelites to be his slaves. The Israelites were soldiers, government officials, officers, the king's special forces, and chariot commanders and drivers. There were 550 supervisors over the men working on Solomon's projects. Pharaoh's daughter moved from the city of David to the palace that Solomon had built for her. Then he built the Milla. Three times each year, Solomon offered burnt offerings and fellowship offerings on the altar he built for the Lord. King Solomon also burned incense before the Lord and supplied what was needed for the temple. King Solomon also had a fleet of ships built at Ezion Geber. This town is near Elah, on the shore of the Red Sea, in the land of Edom. King Haram sent Solomon some skilled sailors who knew the sea well to join Solomon's men in sailing the ships. They sailed to Ophir and brought back about 16 tons of gold for King Solomon. First Kings chapter 10 The Queen of Sheba visits Solomon The Queen of Sheba heard about Solomon and how close he was to the Lord. So she came to test him with hard questions. She traveled to Jerusalem with a very large group of servants. There were many camels carrying spices, jewels, and a lot of gold. She met Solomon and asked him all the questions that she could think of. Solomon answered all her questions. None of her questions was too hard for him to explain. The Queen of Sheba saw that Solomon was very wise. She also saw the beautiful palace he had built. She saw the food at the king's table. She saw his officials as they were seated. She saw the well-dressed servants, those who served the food and those who served the wine. And she saw all the burnt offerings that Solomon offered in the Lord's temple. She was so amazed, she could hardly breathe. Then she said to King Solomon, Everything I heard in my country about your great works and your wisdom are true. I did not believe it until I came and saw it with my own eyes. But what I have seen here is far more than what I had heard. Your wealth and wisdom are much greater than what people told me. Your wives and officers are very fortunate because they serve you and hear your wisdom every day. Praise the Lord your God. He was pleased to make you king of Israel. Because of the Lord's unending love for Israel, he has made you king to rule with justice and fairness. Then the queen of Sheba gave King Solomon more than 4,000 kilograms of gold a huge amount of spices and precious stones. She gave him more spices than anyone has ever brought into Israel since. King Aram's ships brought gold from Ophir. They also brought jewels and juniper wood. Solomon used this special wood to build supports in the temple and the palace and for harps and lyres for the singers. That was the last time 
Such a large shipment of that kind of wood was brought to Israel. There hasn't been any seen around here since then. King Solomon gave the Queen of Sheba everything she asked for. He gave her more than she brought to give him. Then the Queen of Sheba and her servants left and went back to their own country. Every year, King Solomon received almost 23,000 kilograms of gold, in addition to the gold brought in by the traveling merchants and traders all the kings of Arabia and the governors of the land brought gold and silver to Solomon. King Solomon made 200 large shields of hammered gold. He used almost 7 kilograms of gold for each shield. He also made 300 smaller shields of hammered gold. He used almost 2 kilograms of gold for each shield. The king put them in the forest of Lebanon house. King Solomon also built a large throne with ivory decorations. It was covered with pure gold. There were six steps leading up to the throne. The back of the throne was round at the top. There were armrests on both sides of the throne, and there were statues of lions on the sides of the throne under the armrests. There were also two lions on each of the six steps, one at each end. There was nothing like it in any other kingdom. All of Solomon's drinking cups and all the dishes in the forest of Lebanon house were made from pure gold. Nothing in the palace was made from silver. Silver was so common in Solomon's time that people did not think it was worth much. The king also had a fleet of cargo ships that sailed the sea together with Haram's ships. Every three years, the ships would return with a load of gold, silver, ivory, monkeys, and baboons. King Solomon became the richest and wisest of all the kings on earth. People everywhere wanted to see King Solomon and listen to the great wisdom that God had given him. Every year, people came to see the king and brought gifts made from gold and silver, clothes, weapons, spices, horses, and mules. Solomon started gathering horses and chariots for his army. He had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horses. He kept some in the cities he had built for storing chariots, and he kept the rest of them close to Jerusalem for protection. King Solomon had brought a lot of wealth into Jerusalem. He had as much silver as there were rocks in the city, and he had as much valuable cedar timber as the wood and all the sycamore trees on the hills of Judah. Solomon got his horses from Egypt and Kew. His traders bought the horses in Kew for a set price. A chariot from Egypt could be bought for 600 pieces of silver and a horse for 150. So they sold horses and chariots to the kings of the Hittites and the Arameans. 1 Kings chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. Solomon and his many wives. King Solomon loved many foreign women, including the daughter of Pharaoh and women from Moab, Ammon, Edom, Sidon, and the Hittites. In the past, the Lord had said to the Israelites, 
You must not marry people from other nations. If you do, they will cause you to follow their gods. But Solomon fell in love with these women. He had 700 wives who were the daughters of leaders from other nations. He also had 300 slave women who were like wives to him. His wives caused him to turn away from God. When Solomon was old, his wives caused him to follow other gods. So he did not follow the Lord completely as his father David had done. Solomon worshipped Ashtoreth, the goddess of Sidon, and Milcom, the disgusting god of the Ammonites. So Solomon did what the Lord says is evil. He did not follow the Lord completely as his father David had done. On the mountain next to Jerusalem, Solomon built a place for worshipping Chemosh, that disgusting idol of the Moabites. On the same mountain, Solomon built a place for worshipping Molech, that disgusting idol of the Ammonites. Solomon did the same thing for all his foreign wives who burned incense and gave sacrifices to their gods. So Solomon did not remain faithful to the Lord, the God of Israel, even though God had appeared to him twice. The Lord became angry with him. He had told Solomon that he must not follow other gods, but Solomon did not obey the Lord's command. So the Lord said to Solomon, You have chosen to break your agreement with me. You have not obeyed my commands. So I promise that I will tear your kingdom away from you and give it to one of your servants. But I loved your father David, so I will not take your kingdom away from you while you are alive. I will wait until your son becomes king, then I will take it from him. But I will not tear away all the kingdom from your son. I will leave him one tribe to rule. I will do this for my servant David, and for Jerusalem, the city I chose. Acts chapter 15, verses 1 through 21. The meeting at Jerusalem. Then some men from Judea came to Antioch and began teaching the family of believers there. You cannot be saved if you are not circumcised as Moses taught us. Paul and Barnabas were against this teaching and argued with these men about it. So the church decided to send Paul, Barnabas, and some others to Jerusalem to talk more about this with the apostles and elders. The church sent the group off with what they needed for the trip. On the way, they traveled through the areas of Phoenicia and Samaria, where they told all about how the non-Jewish people had turned to the true God. This made all the believers very happy. When the men arrived in Jerusalem, the apostles, the elders, and the whole church welcomed them. Paul, Barnabas, and the others told the church about all that God had done with them. Some of the believers in Jerusalem were far from the group called the Pharisees. They stood up and said, The non-Jewish believers must be circumcised. We must tell them to obey the law of Moses. Then the apostles and the elders gathered to study this problem. After a long debate, Peter stood up and said to them, My brothers, 
I'm sure you remember what happened in the early days. God chose me from among you to tell the good news to those who are not Jewish. It was from me that they heard the good news and believed. God knows everyone, even their thoughts, and he accepted these non-Jewish people. He showed this to us by giving them the Holy Spirit, the same as he did to us. To God, these people are not different from us. When they believed, God made their hearts pure. So now, why are you putting a heavy burden around the necks of the non-Jewish followers of Jesus? Are you trying to make God angry? We and our fathers were not able to carry that burden. No, we believe that we and these people will be saved the same way by the grace of the Lord Jesus. Then the whole group became quiet. They listened while Paul and Barnabas told them about all the miraculous signs and wonders that God had done through them among the non-Jewish people. When they finished speaking, James said, My brothers, listen to me. Simon Peter has told us how in the early days God showed his care the non-Jewish people by accepting them and making them his people. The words of the prophets agree with this too. I will return after this. I will build David's house again. It has fallen down. I will build again the parts of his house that have been pulled down. I will make his house new. Then the rest of the world, the people I have chosen, from other nations will want to follow me, the Lord. This is what the Lord says, and he is the one who does all these things. All this has been known from long ago. So I think we should not make things hard for those who have turned to God from among the non-Jewish people. Instead, we should send a letter telling them only the things they should not do. Don't eat food that has been given to idols. This makes the food unclean. Don't be involved in sexual sin. Don't eat meat from animals that have been strangled or any meat that still has blood in it. They should not do any of these things because there are still men in every city who teach the law of Moses. The words of Moses have been read in the synagogue every Sabbath day for many years. Psalm chapter 77, verses 1 through 9. For the music director, Jaduthan, a psalm of Asaph. I cry out to God for help. I shout to God and know he will hear me. In my time of trouble, I turned to the Lord. I reached out to him all night long. I refused to be comforted. I thought about you, God. I groaned and felt discouraged. Salah, you would not let me sleep. I tried to say something, but I was too upset. I kept thinking about the past, remembering the years long ago. During the night, so many thoughts filled my mind. I talked to myself, trying to understand what was happening. I wondered, has our Lord rejected us forever? Will he ever accept us again? Is his love gone forever? 
Will he never again speak to us? Has God forgotten what mercy is? Has his compassion changed to anger? Salah. Thank you, everyone. That was day 173. Join us for day 174. We're continuing in the book of 1 Kings. And Solomon's kingdom is ripped apart with civil war. There is his son, Rehoboam, and many people are already lining up to follow him as the next king. I mean, he is Solomon's son. But the problem is, Jeroboam also claims the kingship. And people start to rally behind Jeroboam. And to make sure Jeroboam is victorious in this civil war, he builds a couple of calves and tells people to worship the other gods. You know, just as a little extra backup and support. We'll see how that plays out. And in the book of Acts, we'll hear a letter to the non-Jewish believers, making clear some of the things they need to do to remain in the Christian membership. And Paul and Barnabas have a big argument. It was so intense that they decide to part ways, with Barnabas going to Cyprus, taking Mark with him as Paul and Silas go through the areas of Syria and Cilicia, helping the churches to grow stronger. We hope you enjoyed today's verses. Be sure to leave us a positive review and to share this podcast with your friends and family. Please join us for the next episode as we experience the Bible in one year. Did you know we offer online courses in creative writing, literature, and web design? Visit us at storymaster.online to learn more.